0: Thankful for what he's doing. While you're standing, one verse of scripture this morning, again, welcome all of our visitors and those that may have not been in a while. We're so glad you're here. Let's give them a hand clap (laughs) of praise. Thankful for them. Praise the Lord for them. Just glad you're here, man, coming out on a cold morning. Isaiah 45 and 5. The Lord just dropped this one scripture on me the other night and just, uh, man, I just couldn't I couldn't wait to get here this morning and just let him begin to pour out for this and see what we're going to do. Isaiah 45 and 5 the Lord making a declaration of who he is. He said I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I have girded thee. I did it, the Lord, God, nobody else. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. I want to preach for a little while on this today. He was there all the time. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you this morning. and We thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for your love and compassion. Thank you for just loving us. Lord, help us to hear what the Spirit would say. God, let our hearts be touched and changed. Let our lives be better. God, we're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand, clap, and shout of praise as you're seated today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. There's an old hymn that I love so much that says he was there all the time. I was just thinking this, this week, uh, this, this time every year is very special to me, uh, for me personally, because on Friday the 13th was my 30th anniversary of coming to the Lord. I uh, was in a Wednesday night service at the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ in Milston, Georgia, which is Conyers, um, and that's where God... Through His Word, grabbed a hold of my heart, led me to the altar, and man, I followed it right on into the water and was baptized in Jesus' name. And and man, it's just you know, just over 30 years ago now, I was six days short of my 25th birthday. I was in the what people say the 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 prime of life. I was right there with you know nothing but the you know the future. Before you, you, you think, man, you've got your whole life ahead of you. That's what you tell people at that age. And, but I was amazed at how alone and how done you can feel at 24. How lost and incomplete I can feel and I felt at such a young age. That was me. I'm ringing just a tad up here, brother. Nothing that I was doing was satisfying me. Was filling that big gaping hole that was inside of me, that was beginning to swallow up my whole life. I had heard about the Lord. I mean, I went to Sunday school some as a kid, and hadn't even went to church some in my early teenage years. I, you know, caught bits and pieces of the preaching as me and my friends would cut up something on the back row, you know. I believed in God, I believed He was coming back, I, but I didn't know Him. I didn't know Him, but he knew me. He knew me. He was there all the time. In John chapter four, there's a story that Jesus makes a comment that I've got to go into Samaria. Because there's a woman there. Of course, his disciples don't know. He just said, i got to go through Samaria. They said, we're going to get food. We'll catch up with you in Samaria. He goes and sits at the well waiting for this woman to come draw water. This one woman. He went there for one individual. And he began to talk to her and tell her, if you knew who I was and the gift of God, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. Because this natural well that you're drawing from, it cannot satisfy your thirst. You will always come back to draw again. The woman said, Lord or sir, give me this living water so I don't have to do this anymore. I don't, I don't, I'm tired of this being unsatisfied. I'm tired. That's, that's the way I was feeling in my life. At 24 and a few days before my 25th birthday, nothing is working. Nothing is satisfying me. The Lord looked at her and said, well, let's see if you can be honest. Go call your husband. And she said, Lord, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right, you don't. He said, but you've had five. And the one you're living with now, he's not your husband. And boy, she said, I know that Messiah, which is the Christ is coming, he's going to tell us all things. And he said, lady, I'm him. In verse 29, after she had run back to her her town, she declared, come see a man that told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? He knew it all. He was there to meet her. He knew her past. He knew what she had done. He knew what she was looking for. And he said, if you can just be honest and admit it, I can give you living water. She said, come meet a man that told me everything I've ever done. Isn't this the Christ? That's the way I was on January the 13th, 1993. There was a man talking to me in the altar that night, telling me everything I'd ever done, but he loved me anyway. He was there all the time. He was there all the time. Listen, listen. God is love. I'm just going to talk to you about myself. I'm not, I probably won't be long today, but I'm going to talk to you because I, I, I've been here. This is, this is my month. I love January. God is love. And to coin a phrase, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. I, I was looking for it and having a reputation. And I had one. Popularity, I had it. I looked for love and and for acceptance. I looked for status. I looked for some kind of meaning in, in drugs and dope, clubs and parties, relationships, concerts, music, sports, working out. My pride and ego were my guide, and they had led me straight to a dead end. But it was at that dead end where I ran out of road, that I met a man who knew everything I had ever done. It was at the end of that road when there was nowhere else to go where I couldn't run anymore. That's where I met Jesus. That's where I met the Christ. Friend, I had tried everything that I could to be happy, to be popular, to have things that other people had and nothing was working out. And friend, I had finally run out of steam, run out of gas, run out of answers, and that's where I met Jesus. I met a man who told me everything I had ever done and said, but I love you anyway. Hey, listen, he, he wasn't put off by all the things I had done. I realized shortly after that that he had been there all the time in the beginning. He said, I'm the beginning and the end. He was there all the time. And there is not a more humbling, sobering revelation than to realize Jesus was there all the time. Because when you come back to your senses and you start thinking, you mean you was there then? <laughs> yeah, that's a very humbling, embarrassing, sobering thought. And we think because we didn't know him that he doesn't know us. But the Bible says that he knew us before the womb, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He watched us grow, he was there for every milestone in your life. He saw it all, he heard it all, and he loved us anyway. Come on, somebody. I know that's scary and you're thinking, Ha! oh, I don't want to think about him seeing me back on, mm, mm, oh, but he saw you back in, mm, mm, but he loves you anyway. There's a lot of people that he saw back in the day that's filled with the Holy Ghost and washed in the blood today because, friend, he was there all the time. And he wasn't put off. His love for you did not sway. He didn't give up on you because of what you were doing. He heard it. He saw it. He was there when you experienced, but he loved you anyway. Aren't you glad today that there is a Savior that no matter where we've been and no matter what we've done, he's here to give us the offer. He's here to say you can have some living water today. I can satisfy what's that longing in your soul. You keep coming back to those wells of the world and you'll always be thirsty. But if you come to the well of living water and drink, you'll never thirst again. Oh, I'm glad now that he was there all the time. Hey, let me tell you, you ain't ever heard nothing from God. He knows it all, and that's okay. I'm glad that it wasn't up to us to, to have to really just bring it all itemized on a list to him <laughs> because we would leave stuff off <laughs> and then get checked when he said, uh, How about, oh, I didn't know you knew about that. I know it all i tell you this, I want you to think right now of your lowest point. I want you to think of the worst mess, mistake, or choice you ever made. Every lie, every unspeakable act that broke his heart. Think about that right now. He was there. He witnessed it all. But that did not sway his love away from you. It didn't drive him away. He didn't run off. It's why he bled. It's why he died. The Lord came to save you and he come to save me. And he knew, hey, the righteous don't need saving but the sinner. The, the sick are the ones that need the physician, not them that are well. And he come to all of us that were sick in sin and lost and undone and searching for something else in this world. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1:15, Paul, who knew better than anybody, wrote this. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. In other words, everybody should accept this. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He said the Lord came just like John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Just like the angel declared and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And it's worthy of everybody to hear and everybody should just accept it and understand that Jesus came into the world to save you regardless of what you've done. Regardless of what you're doing, he loves you and all he wants to do is let you know, hey, I'm here with a better offer. I'm here because look, the reason we run off in these other things is because we think we need something else. But oh, when we realize that he's all that we need. Oh, when we realize that living water is better than any other water. When we realize that he is what I've got to have to exist in this world. let me tell you, I'm glad today to be a Jesus freak, a Jesus fanatic. I'm glad to be born again, blood-bought and spirit-filled. I don't care what the world's got to say. I know where he, hey, I know where Jesus found me. I know all the things he saw me do, but yet he washed me and filled me anyway. You ought to be happy today. Oh, I know it. You don't want to think about it. I don't either. But when I think about the goodness of Jesus... And all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah! Thank God for saving me. You ought to be glad today that Jesus receives sinners. Woo. Ain't no hiding it. Ain't no disguising it. He was there all the time. And he still loves you. And he still loved us. Oh, sometimes I still repent for things that are under the blood he said well pastor does that mean you don't believe he forgave you no i know he did but when i think of those things i can't believe that's who i was i can't believe when i look in the mirror that in those thoughts in my mind like there's no way that's who i used to be oh but if any man be in christ he's a new creature Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Listen, I and all things are of God. It's a new way of living. He knew what I did. He heard what I said. He saw me doing the things that just broke his heart. He saw me doing the things that he went to Calvary for. And he said, but... Son, I love you anyway. I love you with alcohol on your breath. I love you with drugs flowing through your veins. I love you with a lie in your mouth. Oh, I love you with uh, hatred in your heart. I love you. I love you wherever you are. He was there all the time. While I was trying to figure out a way to to be happy. While I was trying to figure out a way to be popular. While I was trying to figure out a way to to get the next thrill. He was there. He was there. When I was trying to figure out how to to be a man. And and thought I was trying to be a man. He was there. He was there. Every fight I was at. He was there every time I passed out drunk. He was there every time I cussed somebody or hurt somebody. He was there. Yeah. He was there every time I stole something or told a lie. He was there. He you say, you're telling on yourself, Pastor, it hey, ain't nothing that God don't know. I'm telling you today, I'm not proud of that man. Oh, I'm glad he's been buried and I ain't going to go digging him up. I'm glad that man's been buried and I'm glad I was washed in the blood to walk in the newness of life. But you need to know some things sometimes. You know what a cemetery is? That's a place of memory and sometimes i just have to remember how good the love of god was that it could reach down into that filth and touch my heart he didn't me out. He called me out. With a loving voice, he called me out. I love you. I've got something for you. I've got something better than what you're doing. You're at the end of your road, but I got it. I got the answer you've been seeking. I know what you're looking for. I created you. I formed you. I made you, and I love you. And I'll tell you today, you can't add enough to your life to take, be a substitute for what God's got for you. There ain't nothing that takes the place of living water. There ain't nothing that takes the place of the love of God. There ain't nothing you can scrub yourself with that can get that stain off of you. But the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. He was there all the time. Paul wrote that to Timothy. He said, the Lord came to save sinners, and he said, and I am the chief. Oh, you know what that means? He said, I'm the chief. If you were in a culture that had a chief, that's the, that's the top dog. Ain't nobody above him. And he said, when it comes to, and he said, well, what did Paul do? Well, Paul, he persecuted the church. Paul, one of the last things you read about him before his conversion was that he was standing by holding the coats of them and, and consenting as they stoned Stephen to death for preaching the gospel of Jesus. And Paul was there. He, he was Saul of Tarsus at that time and, and he had letters to go and, and take people out of their homes. If they professed Jesus, he could lock them up and separate them and he could torment them and torture them until they would recant the name of Jesus. They were trying to wipe out the name of Jesus is what he was trying to do. Saul served with zeal. He served with tradition and he thought he was serving God, but he didn't know him. because when the Lord appeared to him in a light brighter than the noonday sun, it knocked Paul to the ground and he cried out, He said, "Who are you, Lord? Paul was at the end of his persecuting days. He was at the end of serving God by zeal and tradition and now he was going to get a revelation of who this God was. He said, I am Jesus that you're persecuting and it's hard for you, Paul, to keep kicking against these spikes, these prigs. It's hard for what you're doing. I've seen everything you have doing. I've been here all the time and I've seen it, Paul. But instead of destroying Saul, Instead of just taking him out, moving that thorn out of the church's side, he changed him. He changed. Listen, this is how powerful the love of Jesus is and how powerful his forgiveness is. It changed the persecutor into a preacher, it, it changed the persecutor into a proclaimer. God's enemies are no match for his love. A week or two ago, I was thinking about about Saul and and before he was changed like that and, and the Lord said, my enemies are no match for my love. And we were all enemies of the Lord. We were all walking the wrong way. But when the love of God was shed abroad in our heart through the Holy Ghost, come on, when, when God showed his love to us and his goodness to us and it led us to a place of repentance, we realized that, hey, uh, uh, my sin is no match for the love of God. My ways are no match for the love of God, and, and I'm no match for the love of God, and, and I could either run or surrender, and I surrendered. <laughs> I gave it up and that's what happened to Paul he he loved God he didn't know him but he was there all the time Woo! he was there all the time he saw when Paul was holding him he saw when Paul was locking people up he saw every filthy thing that Paul did in his name in the name of God in the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob he was doing these things but he didn't realize he was persecuting the saving name and so the Lord said, let me show you something. And he changed this man forever. It turns us around. It sets us on the right path. It makes a miracle out of your mess. It turns sinners into saints. It turns drunks and addicts and abusers into worshipers. Come on, somebody. It makes the mean people merciful. Come on, it takes us from who we are to who we were, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, after he made a long list of who the church used to be, idolaters, fornicators, thieves, covetous, drunkards, he said, and such were some of you, but now you're washed, and now you're sanctified, and now you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He said, he saw who you were. He saw what you was, and Nothing that you can't dip down in this water that it won't come up. White as snow. Don't you ever think? Well, it can't get rid of this, or it can't get rid of that, honey. It gets rid of all of it. The blood that flows from Calvary. Come on, somebody. Are you washed? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? I see a crimson stream a flowing. Woo! And it washes. Why didn't you know somebody? Oh, you got to know today. He was there all the time, all the time. Oh, when I read that list in First Corinthians six and nine and ten, well, I tell you, you ever see those people say, "Play along." And they got this long list, and they say, check off how many of these things, been to another country, did this, did that, whatever, you know. Oh, I got 32, I got this, I got that. Ooh, I can't tell you how many I can check off on that list that Paul wrote. <laughs> but it ain't good. Ain't no prizes for checking off a bunch of them. And I think, oh, God. But none of those things stuck when I went down in his name. It washed me. It sanctified me. It justified me. Ooh. He was there all the time. he was. Oh, it breaks my heart to know. You know, I used to think, man, I'm so lucky it ought to be illegal. But I soon realized after coming to God that luck didn't have a thing to do with it. He's just faithful like that. I was breaking his heart. And he was planning my rescue. Yeah. but We were breaking his heart. He was planning our redemption. He was planning. He said, I know the thoughts I think. I know the thoughts I think about you. Oh, with a straw up your nose or a needle in your arm, he knows what he's thinking about you. With a bottle to your lips, come on, he knows what he's thinking about you. I'm so thankful. Oh, it's shameful and it's embarrassing. And oh, I'm so glad. And he said he cast those things behind his back. And he he he, he doesn't look back at it. He, he, people say, well, he forgot it. Well... He don't remember it against you. I don't think there's anything God uh, ever just forgets, but there's things he don't remember against you. That's real forgiveness because we don't forget, but we've got to learn to not hold it against. That's forgiveness, and God don't hold it against us. And while we're searching this world, looking for the next quick fix, the next thing, the next whatever to, to help us feel better, there he is. We make him wait while he's knocking. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's just a courtesy because he can walk through walls. <laughs> but he said, I stand at the door and knock. And he's going to knock until you answer. Or he's going to knock till. There's no more time but He will keep knocking I know what's going on Behind those doors You can't hide it But I'm going to stay here Because I love you And if you'll just answer I'll come in Oh let him in Open the door And let him in No more shutting the Lord out Open the door and let him in Let him in Romans 5 and 8, Paul, oh that chief of sinners, he knew this. He said, but God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know how he knows we're sinners? Because he was there all the time. Yeah. He was there. I know I can't sing, but I love it. That's how he knew. That's how he knows because he's seen it all. You hadn't surprised him or shocked him. He knows about it. There ain't nothing you're going to repent of that he goes, what? He already knows what you've done. But he said, that's why God sent his love because we were sinners and he died for us. Paul wrote again to the Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. But God, oh, God must be angry. God must really hate me. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Oh, not me, pastor. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. I'll just tell you this, that the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Yeah, it's available for anybody, whosoever will, whoever wants it. It's there today. There is an offer today. that you can come to the music. I told you I'm not going to be long today. It didn't have to be to just to, re- to bring this revelation to us. It doesn't have to be long. I want you to know you can stand with me this morning. January doesn't just have to be my month it can be your month you know all over this I say this often but all over the world today down the road across town in another state in another country God's getting somebody He's getting somebody that thinks nobody wants me He's touching somebody who's thinking I've just been too bad I've done too much I've gone too far I had a man tell me one time we were praying for him been praying for him over and over to receive the Holy Ghost and we got through praying one night and he said Brother Ed maybe I'm just too mean to have the Holy Ghost I tell you I was mean said, so ain't no way, Pastor. I know people tell me that's crazy, or not, but I'm telling you, I was not a nice guy. You know, you can, you can put on and make people believe what they want to believe, but I'm telling you, and I was getting fed up and bitter with life and meaner as the day went by. But oh, here comes Jesus with all that love and all that mercy. And all that forgiveness. And as mean as I thought I was, he said, you ain't the meanest fellow I've ever seen. You ain't killed nobody. You ain't locked nobody up for loving me. I've dealt with worse than you. There's an offer in this house today, just like there was to that woman at the well. There's an offer to be forgiven. There's an offer for you to be washed in the blood. There's an offer for you to be filled the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you. Your past does not exclude you from the offer, it's the reason for it. At the end of the book, people always say, Oh, I've read the end of the book. We win. I'm going to tell you why it ain't because of him slinging things off into the lake of fire that we win we win because of what he said in Revelation 22 and 17 and the spirit and the bride say come and let him that heareth say come and let him that is athirst come and whosoever will he don't care where you are where you've been or what you've done he said, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. You know why I've won? Because my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Because I took the offer. It ain't because uh, that he destroyed all the wickedness in the world. He's going to do that. It ain't because of those he slung off in that lake of fire. He's going to do that. It's because I took the offer. That no matter how awful I thought I was, He thought I was worth the offer. No matter how bad I've been, He thought I was worth the offer. This old song I was telling you about says, Time after time, I went searching for peace in some void. I was trying to blame all my ills on this world I once was in. Surface relationships used me till I was done. And all the while, someone, Jesus, was waiting to free me from my sin. He was there all the time. He was there all the time. Waiting patiently in life He never cut the line. He let me come to the end of myself. He was there all the time. I just want to give an old-fashioned altar call today. That if you don't know Him, then you should come meet Him. If you've walked away from Him, come back to Him. There's an offer in this altar today. That this great God This great Savior, Jesus Christ, can make you whole, can satisfy. You can fill that gaping hole in you today.